and welcome back to Speaking Kid. I'm your host, Nick Siegel, and every week I'm joined by guests to discuss parenting, early childhood education, and our own experiences parenting. Welcome to Speaking Kid. My name is Nick Siegel, and together we're here to explore the dynamics of the parent-child relationship so that we can better communicate with each other and ideally have a richer experience with each other. My only credentials here are the fact that I have three kids, 31 years old, a daughter, 26 years old, a son, and then, yeah, a three-year-old little girl. So, yes, different mothers. That, that question does get asked along the way. And one of the probably most intense dynamics I think we have with our children is when our kids express their emotion. And that emotional range is the gamut, really, from enthusiasm, joy, to great upset. And I speak from the experience of having a three-year-old, and in a moment I'm going to share a little story uh, about that. But it's amazing how quickly things change. But the great news about today is you're not going to hear me talking about this. You're going to hear an exquisite and wonderful educator, a coach, and a mother of now two men, 28 years old and 22 years old, my day Aguilar. And my day is, I'm going to consider you an, an absolute friend because you are entrusted with Lily, our daughter, to be her teacher in her preschool at Play Mountain Place here in Los Angeles, which is truly one of the most magical uh, environments and exquisitely intelligent uh, philosophy in terms of dealing with children, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that as well today. So welcome, my day. Thank you, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. And, well, an yeah. honor for me. And and so brief background on on my day. My day comes from the mountains of Guatemala, raised primarily by her grandparents, mm -hmm. and given the freedom to explore and truly be a kid. And I think so much of the time in our world here certainly in the United States, uh, we don't place the same value on play that I'm coming to realize now my third time around as, as a parent, and that is just so exquisitely valuable in the course of a, a child's education and learning. So where I want to dive into is a story about Lily from the other day. So she came home from school, and I was there, and, and Laura, my wife, her mom, brought her in, and we're just saying hello, and it was fascinating how quickly Lily went from happy to, with the slightest what seemed to be a frustration in the moment, she went nuclear. She started screaming and was unconsolable in that moment, and so my day... <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only parent that has dealt with that. What the heck happened? What would walk me through this one? And and what do we do as parents as we start this exploration of kids' emotion? <laughs> yes. Usually, as parents, we probably sometimes think, oh, I just didn't give the cookie that my kid wanted it, and that's why... They probably are upset, but we, what we don't realize is that it's a probably a accumulation 
of feelings throughout the day um, or something that even happened a different day. It doesn't have to be necessarily what happened in the moment. Um, so there is a time when kids choose um, to debrief whatever they have inside of them, their natural way of um, release stress, release um, anxiety, release scares, release any kind of emotion that they had throughout the day is when they are with mommy and daddy. Because mommy and daddy are safe. You are safe, mommy's safe. So Lily probably came in with like all these emotions and then opened the door and then there is daddy. Okay, now I can just release all of the emotions that I've been keeping probably. And so in that situation, it's just for us as parents to breathe in, to sit down with her and just let her have all the feelings she wants. Cry, upset, screaming, talking in between. Um, and then you reflecting back of what you're seeing. Wow. But, but when I see Lily coming from my past experience, right? When I see a child upset, especially my child, I want to go in there and help them. I want to fix them. I want to have them. How, how do I give them that, that ability to quell that emotion so they, they, so that they can get over it? You know, that, that's my mindset, right? And I think that's so many parents' mindset. So tell me what's behind the philosophy of, of letting a kid, our kids, just express emotion and, and, and you mean that's okay? Yes, that's <laughs> totally okay. And you will be amazed how just sitting with your child in those moments can change really quick. If you, see, if you sit with your child when they're crying and they're going through all of these emotions um, and just listen, just listen and be with the feeling. You're really upset. Yes. Wow. You're really feeling upset about something. You're mad. You're crying. Look at that. I see your tears. Your body. Make, make sure you're observing everything. And at the same time, you're right next to them. Um, so we're really in observation mode. Observation mode. And reflecting back. And listening to what your child is saying. Um, and that probably will go for like 10 minutes hmm. the first time. Whenever you notice, you find that um, special quiet time when your child just <sighs> breathes and it's calm, then you can start talking about whatever was bothering them. And you will be amazed of, about all the information that comes back to you. Um, they will be saying, well... Um, I wanted you to greet me in this way, daddy, and you didn't do it. So that's what I'm crying. Or, and then it, it, the communication starts right after. Kids, when they're in emotions, they can't really think. So for us in this philosophy is to help with the emotion first and help them regulate and then after that, you can do the talking. 
Um, and they will be really clear about what happened. What, what is bothering them? Oh, you left this morning and you didn't give me a kiss. Uh, and then when, that's when parents come in and say, well, I didn't know. And the communication starts between you and your kids. So it's, this is a buildup, this type of emotion. It's not the fact that Lily in that moment the other day couldn't unscrew the top from, from the paint jar that created this explosion. It was a buildup, these other things that had just finally had the chance to release. Correct. Yeah. You will notice the crying and you will notice the action. Sometimes when they're frustrated in the moment about playing with a toy. Oh, I'm frustrated. I can't put this toy with another toy. The cry is different and it's short and they figured it out really quick. But when they have a lot of build up in their life because of the rush, because of uh, running to school, because of the, the way the day went, um, it's a different kind of cry and, and it's longer and it's frustration and it's confusion and it's um, upsetness and it's madness. There is a lot of feelings that are in it that um, kids at a young age, they don't know how to articulate it. So that's our job as educators and parents to come in and say, hmm, wow, stay with the feeling. You're crying. Sounds like you are upset about something. And just be with them. And that space and slowing down gives your child the opportunity to be recognized, to know that that, that child is being cared for and loved and not a judge because he's crying or her, she, she or he is crying, but more because I'm upset and I need help and I don't know what is it exactly what I'm feeling and I need your support as my parent or as my teacher. Um, and once you go through it, then you can talk about whatever it's there. Yeah, I, I find, you know, when I consider uh, the relationship I had with my older kids when I would see upset, it was like, well, let's fix it. Let's, 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 let's get through this because that's how my father worked with these things through me, like rub it, shake it off. If you hurt yourself, there's no crying. We move, we move, we move. And it creates, um, I, I don't know what it creates. I mean, it, 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 but it's not good, right? There's no, there's no sense of honoring. I'm, I'm not allowed to express my emotions. So how do you talk to a parent? Because I, I've seen this in action. It, it works Almost, for those that don't have an experience before, it almost feels like a miracle that, 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 that our child, that Lily can, can go from one huge upset to then slow down enough to work through it, to, be, to allow that space mm -hmm. to express and then to come out the other side. So I guess what I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm talking myself through this, it's that space to give them the ability to come through it in their timing, as opposed to my Your timing. Your time, yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and what, is the, what is the byproduct benefit of giving a child that ability to work through it in their timing? 
Well, you're creating a really child that it's not holding resentments, is not afraid of speaking, is not afraid of walking in the world, that knows what is going on in their bodies, and they know when they're feeling something, and they can articulate it, instead of feeling anxious and nervous and not knowing what's going on. If they're in touch with their bodies and they know what is going on in their bodies and how they're feeling and they can articulate it and then therefore do something about it, um, you are creating kids for the longer, for the future that are more in touch with themselves and that know how to walk in the world with that without feeling the anxiety, the nervous, the afraid, being afraid of things or... um, not going anywhere because something is stopping them. So what you're creating is kids that are really respectful, understanding other people, that have a lot of empathy for others and for themselves um, because they are listened to, because they are um, helped with whatever they're going through. And kids don't, don't are not born... Uh, knowing the names of each feeling. Mm. Kids are born knowing that they have feelings, but they don't know exactly what it is and how it feels. So when we support them through this, some people call it tantrums, um, what comes out is, oh, that's what I was feeling. I was mad. I was mad about this and that, and therefore... I can continue because uh, if I get mad, I know how to take care of that feeling. I can go for a walk. I can scream. I can cry. I can do all of these things that will help me come back to me and regulate myself. Um, It helps with being happy because sometimes kids cry about happiness. They really don't know what they're crying. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I was crying because I was happy, but I didn't know. (laughs) So our, us grownups, our our work is on to helping the kids understand what they're feeling uh, in a way that it's loving, respectful, understanding by listening to them, reflecting back, and together finding out um, ways to release whatever they're going through. So this takes time, right? Exactly. And it's not always in our timing as the parent. Like, okay, we got places to go, people to see. My child is having a meltdown now, and now you're telling me my day that I'm supposed to stop everything that I'm doing and go through this process with my child of honoring. How walk me through my process as the parent? How what 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 advice can you give me to try and get drop into this place where I can truly demonstrate what you're articulating? Yes. It's it's a tough one. <laughs> and it takes time. Yes. And it takes a lot of work on yourself. Um Remember that you didn't grow up this way. Um, You were rushed. You were like, stop it. Don't cry anymore. That's it. So 
when your child is going through this, your body is actually feeling that. It's feeling the past. This is the way I got treated. This is the way my parents told me I have to be. So all of that is going on on you. And therefore, you're like, stop, don't cry anymore. <laughs> because that's what you know. Yeah, that's comfortable. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's comfortable. It's totally, yeah. very discomforting. I mean, it's totally discomfortable, but it, 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 it feels like it, it's familiar. That's yes, the word. Right. it's familiar. Right. So you go there. Your job as a parent is to look internally and know that that is not the way you want to treat your child. Mm. And every time you go there is to stop yourself and check in, breathe in, check in. Okay, this is Lily. This is not me. This is Lily crying. This is the problem that she's having. It's not me. It's not, um, it has nothing to do with me. So trying to be neutral to your child is the best. Mm. I'm right here. I'm right here for you. I love you. You're wonderful. You're great. We're going to do this together. I know you're crying. I know you're upset about something. I'm going to be right here with you. I'm going to reflect back your feelings. I'm going to love you with your feelings no matter what. And just stay there and keep telling you, <laughs> go away, stop, go away. It's, the it's preconceived, Lily. the past, all of that, let, that, that can't be part of this equation. That can be part of what you're doing right now with mm -hmm. your kids. Mm -hmm. And it's a process and it's a, it takes time and it takes a lot of work from parents because you have to look at you and you have to look at the things that didn't work for you when you were little. Um, and many times think about what you would have loved your parents to do with you. And that's when the change happens because you don't want your child to go through what you went when you were little. You want your child to be different, to have that um, ability to be in the world without being afraid without um, being nervous or anxious and to be proud of who they are and just walk to people and say what they have to say in a respectful way, but not hold down, not hold in whatever they want to say. Um, and the emotions are a big part of that. Yeah, I, I think about past resentments and and. You know, we always want our kids to have a better life, than yes. ideally, than we had. Mm -hmm. And I think it starts really with at this base level of saying, let's give you a, the demonstration that you are loved, that it's safe to be you and it's okay no matter how you are, which may not have been the permissions we were given yes. ourselves, yeah. right? So either we hang on to that and say, well, if I didn't get that permission, I'm not giving you that permission. Well, that's a choice, right? So what you're saying is, let's make an expanded choice that, that really honors our kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Honoring our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, we, we shared before we started today that parents really have three key roles. Would you, would you articulate those again? 
First one being creating safety. I'll I'll help you with this and I'll even go to my notes if I can find them and maybe we won't I don't know oh god the idea that we create safety we we create safety Mm -hmm. in safety with love unconditional love Mm -hmm. which is really important love it's love everywhere but unconditional love it's really important no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what is going on, I am here to love you and support you in any way. If you are upset, if you are telling me, I hate you, mommy, I hate you, daddy, I don't want you anymore, I'm here to love you. That can be a challenge because that brings up all of our own ego and our how dare yous and all of those things. I mean, we're talking about a very expanded dynamic. I remember what the other two things were. One was so that, and, and if the emotion is that to such a degree that they could be hurting themselves Correct. or hurting others. Correct. Right. So there's that dynamic of, of our, the guardrails that we put to support our children. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times our kids, some of our kids will say, go away. I don't want you here. I don't want you to be with me. But that's, actually the opposite your child is saying i'm feeling afraid i'm feeling scared come and hug me these emotions are too much for me i don't know um there are emotions that are really scary like angry um and that is one of the the feelings that kids have a hard time navigating anger because he creates this like emotion that it's out of control in their body. Well, it's probably physiological as well, right? I mean, the, 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 in, everything's firing on all cylinders. And so now you got to process through the physiological dynamics of it as well. Correct. So coming in with a hug, coming in with holding them while they cry and saying, I'm right here. I know you're upset. I'm right here. But what I if love it's you. The, what if it's the push away? What if it's, I don't want you here right now? still be there still be there and reflect back i can hear you you don't want me right next to you i can hear you yes but i'm gonna stay here because i love you and i want to support you on this and i want to help you with this so i'm not moving i'm gonna be right here and we can go with it through this together um and figure it out together Mm. and that's when you know, you can pet their back. You can just be right next to them and just listening and watching and making eye contact. They can scream at you. They can be really upset. They can throw things away. They can let them. The and first if, time what, will what be if that hitting way. hitting comes into the equation? How, how do we deal with hitting? When hitting comes into the equation, At the beginning, it will create a big reaction probably from you as parents because that's something that is not allowed. This whole podcast is for us, by the way. It's not for the kid. It's for for us to figure out how to navigate this thing. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of bring a lot of, oh, no hitting because that in the world is like a no way. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in the world. But it's helping them how to navigate that hitting. So if they start hitting, bring a pillow. 
bring a stuffed animal, bring something where they can actually release because that's what they wanted to do, release. This, all this emotion, the, the space to allow the emotion to process through is just literally that allowing of the release. Yes. Mm -hmm. Slowing down, right. letting them cry, release by offering different things. For me, a lot of the things that I offer, if it's heating, will be a pillow, it will be a teddy bear. And that goes for biting too. If they are biting, if they're heating, I usually have a big stuffed animal and I bring it out and I say, it's not going to work to hit me. So you define a parameter there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work to hit me, but you can hit the bear. You, I notice you're really upset. And it sounds like you really, at this moment and in this minute, your body's feeling like hitting, being upset, screaming. Let's do it. If you feel like screaming, let's scream together. If you're feeling like hitting, let's do it. Let's hit something. If you're feeling uh, angry and you want to hit somebody, because that's the feeling that comes. I want to hit you, mom and dad, because it feels good in your body to hit somebody when you're upset. <laughs> well, there are options. Bring newspapers so they can rip it. Bring a teddy bear, bring other things, bring the couch, bring them to the couch or the, the bed so they can hit and bring that out of their body with their body. And then comes the emotion. When they really release all of that, you will hear a big, and they somehow quiet down. And that's your moment to talk about it. Mm. Wow, that was a lot of feelings. You were really upset. I wonder what was going on in your body. You're not saying you were angry, you were upset, you were, um, you're not telling your child what feeling they're feeling. You are wondering with them. Oh, that's an interesting distinction. Tell me more about that. We don't know what kind of feeling they're feeling, actually. Because they are so young, they can't articulate it to us. They're showing us with their body that they're feeling something. So for us, our modeling is coming with a word that you are not saying you're feeling this or you're doing that. But instead, you're wondering. Hmm. I wonder what was going on when your body got sad. So we don't have to be the, the all-knowing. No. We take that pressure off ourselves by saying, as opposed to you're being a certain way, is I'm wondering how you're doing or how you're being in this moment. It seemed like you were X, Y, and Z, but tell me or give them the ability to voice it all. Actually, you said something really important right now. Playing, not knowing anything is the best with kids because it's allowing them to express what they're feeling and what they want to tell you without feeling, oh, mommy and daddy know already. Mm. Let's listen to our kids by not knowing. I don't know what was going on. I just noticed that you were crying. Your body was moving. Your feet were stamping. Um, I was noticing that your tears were coming aloud. I just don't know. Do you know what was going on with you? And... Many times in my experience, they will come to you and say it. Ah, oh, 
so-and-so hit me at school, and that was really not okay with me, but I couldn't tell them, and I couldn't cry either. So that's what was going on with me. And they've been holding on to that for that however long, and then with the safety and the ability to let it go, whatever the catalyst was that kicked it in, let it rip. Yes, yes. And we live in a world, like you said at the beginning, that is like, shush, 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 run, shush, don't cry, don't do this, don't do that. And we're always in a rush over here in the United States. (laughs) There is a lot of rush and there is no slowing down, like sitting down on the ground with your child on your lap and just looking at the sky or just looking at the flowers and just being quiet. You don't have to be talking all the time. Um, there is always TV. There is always a phone. There is always noises. There is always loudness. But our kids, if you watch them, they really enjoy quiet. They enjoy the silence of playing. And when we go into the world, they're so sensitive that they're absorbing everything that goes around and that there is confusion because they don't know exactly what's going on. A two-year-old, a three-year-old kid, they don't know about life that much. So they don't know why mommy was rushing or why this car passed so fast in front of them and that scared them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in that stage of, I am afraid of everything. I don't know who you are. A loud voice can scare me. A car passing by can scare me. Um, they're near more slowing down and quietness. So that, you know, I, I go back to this word, why? You know, early on in my older kids and even with Lily, I'd say, well, why are you doing that? And I'm, I'm asking, a, you know, an 18-month-old child why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> like they're going to go, well, father, I was actually contemplating. That, you know, walk me through a little bit about the reptilian brain and, and the brain to, to the best of your, your understanding of it because it was fascinating for me to hear it. And I got it in like four minutes. Like, of course, their brains aren't functioning that way. They don't, they're not developed to that. So I'd love you to just give, give us your perspective on, on the brain development to ask a kid why where they are (laughs) and actually when they're going through it they don't even know why (laughs) it's just like a lot of emotions coming in and a lot of crying and a lot of or even when they're hitting their friends they're just hitting they don't know why um but staying with them with those feelings and letting them like just do whatever they need to do. As long as they don't hurt themselves and don't hurt others. Correct. There's, the, there's always that. There is always the safety mm-hmm. of not hurting themselves and not hurting others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you're navigating everything, when they're crying and they're upset and they're having feelings, you are reflecting back to that. Wow. I noticed that you want to hit now. I noticed that you want to do this. I noticed that you want to do that. Um So just paying attention and being with your child when they're doing that, it's like you are putting everything back on them. Reflecting back is really, and honoring is really important because your kid might not know why they're crying, 
But if you're saying, wow, now your feet are stamping, wow. Oof. Now you're crying, now you're sitting, now, wow. It sounds like you just really need to release a lot of what is going on in your body. So it sounds like there are two things, in my experience, there are two things that come out of that. My ability to observe and articulate what I'm observing gives me something to do. Yes. It's a way that I can literally proactively be engaged and not feel I have to fix anything. In, in many respects, that's the fix, right? It's the allowing, the allowing. and the, the observation, but it gives our children the chance to really process through, to exhaust whatever's in there so that then we can then have these discussions. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, the best way to come to them right after is like, I wonder. Yes, and then get to the wonder. Hmm, I wonder what was going on. And then you can honor them. You were really upset about something. Or you were you were angry, I noticed. I wonder if it was angry. I wonder if you were just upset about that toy that didn't connect the way you wanted it. Um, and then they can tell you because they already had the release and you're not saying you were doing that, you were doing this, you were doing, you're saying, hmm, I wonder what's going on in there. And they can actually, because you put him back, you put him back that word to them and you're making them think. So the other part of like, the other part of listening, reflecting back, honoring, being with your child when they cry, and um, supporting them throughout all of these feelings is that um, they're actually, when you do all those things, you are putting everything back on them. You are making them think critically. And be responsible. And be responsible for what they're feeling, doing, acting out. So if you say to a kid, what was going on? Then they're like, uh, 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 I don't know. But if you say, I wonder what was going on. Huh, I wonder too. Hmm. And then they start thinking. You are growing kids that are critical thinking about what their emotions are doing to their bodies and how to release those emotions in a really safe way with love and understanding and, and respecting not only themselves but others. Because you are creating, when you come and you are with your child in these moments of uncontrollable <laughs> feelings, you are teaching them empathy. You are teaching them love. You are teaching them that they, that you care. And they are humans. And therefore, they can express all of this and then feel okay and be loved and not be pointed and not be accused and not be having all these yucky feelings that the world puts on kids when they're having a tantrum or upsetness. Well, these are the demonstrations of unconditionality, right? This is how we start to create that relationship where I love you exactly the way you are. And 
you love me the way that I am or you don't. But then that's right. I'm going to if I stay inside of myself that I'm okay, however I am. And we demonstrate that to our kids. We give them the ability to say, I'm okay as the kid, just the way I am too. And then the relationship blossoms. I mean, the relationship that we have with Lily is so exquisite because it's so honored both ways. There's great respect. You know, one of the things that I love about uh, Play Mountain Place, and that was our discovery of to you and to this philosophy, was the idea of the democratic approach that everyone is honored. It's not authoritarian. It is inclusive. It is, we're going to honor you from where you are, and we're going to honor me as the parent from where I am, and together we work through these things. Correct. You know, I I come from a very uh, business-oriented, what's the strategy, what's the execution, what's the timeline, what's the definitive next action step, and all of those things, when I try to apply those to my child, (laughs) I need to course correct quickly. But I will say to the dads out there primarily that I've done my own analysis of this. And because you said earlier on my day that, you know, the first time you're going to try this, it's going to take some time because it's a new language. It's a new dynamic. Your child is going to realize that, oh, my gosh, I may even have some permission to explore this in real time. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. But as as I can speak for myself with Lily, when we're working through something or there's an upset, if I give it like four to six minutes to recognize the emotion, observe the emotion, work through that exhaustion period of time, and then do the wondering and play, well, what was really going on there? Get to that place where we say, well, right now we do need to take a bath. You know, we need to move forward with it. We need to get in the car because there's a place we need to be. Investing four to six minutes is the most valuable time that I can spend simply because if I go the other way, the old school of authoritarian yanking by the hand, we're getting in the car, strapping them in while they're fighting and moving and squirming. I've got this internal upset. My stomach's in knots. My child is going bananas and not able to really be honored because I'm moving them along. It can blow out the whole day. It can, it, can, it can affect us literally for hours through the time we go to sleep, which becomes a sleepless night, which then can translate into the next day. I'm telling you, four to six minutes is magic time in, in, the, in that honoring. And so I just so appreciate what you've taught me and taught Laura in this equation because it, it really can be reduced to that kind of uh, equation. Correct. For, for sanity. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Play Mountain Place. Tell us what your relationship is to Play Mountain. And uh, I, I articulated at the outset that the magic that's the magic. there. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I grew up in nature. I grew up surrounded by animals. Um And in a way, I grew up with not having that authoritarian um, hand on me. So I learned 
that that is the way for kids to grow up because they 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 are born actually what they with what they want in life and what who they want to be in life and for me that is really important to just honor and be there for them and model and not really teach them the way we um, think as grown up that kids should be. Um, so I came across when I was in college, I came across this teacher um, and she kept talking about this magic school. And I was like, it can be, it can be. There is, there's no way I had visited so many preschools. And I was like, eh, they're always like circle time. You got a seat. Uh, you cry. You don't have that person next to you when you're crying. Uh, you have to brush it out and be happy again. Um, but when I visited Play Mountain, my eyes just opened up. It does exist. Kids coming in their pajamas, barefooted. Kids coming dressed up. Kids coming with their hair all like wild. And then telling me, well, I don't want to brush it and I'll do it later. Um, bringing their stuff, not even brushing their teeth at home. They will bring their toothbrushes to school. Um, and... All of that was that call me. Play Mountain Place is the magical place for me where we create community, love. We're not just teachers and parents. We are friends. We are a community because we work together. We work with the parents and we work with the kids. Uh, we are mediators. We come in the middle of mommy and dad when there is a problem, we support both the mom, the mom, the dad, and the kid. Um, so all of that magic of not putting things that are my baggage into a child call my attention a lot because they're growing free. They're growing in a way that they're loving each other. They're respecting each other. It's a community. Um, they're growing in a way that they um, are able to tell each other where it's not working with the kids. The kids are telling each other, hey, don't pull my hair. That didn't work for me. Oh, well, I pulled your hair because I wanted that toy. Well, ask me next time. And these are three and four-year-olds having are three, these discussions. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, the, I Actually, have a problem. Two and seven months to three years old talking <laughs> about this. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a fine, uh, an incredible dynamic. And also the structure of play and the structure of the plans that take place. I know that whenever I bring Lily to school in the morning, there's an organized plan. Yesterday it was uh, seashells and little magnifying glasses. And at the end of the day, I got a video of all the kids running around and, and, and playing in, in water. And half of them are naked, half of them are not. Well, you got to be open for that if, if that's what the case, you know, because that's part of the dynamic of the school. But there's a tremendous freedom in it. But there's also a great permission to explore and be curious and yes. and that's what i love so much about it and uh every day i'm i'm amazed at not only the consistency of the philosophy how it's demonstrated 
but how my child and the other children, both in their own interactions with each other and by themselves, everyone's given the, the freedom and the space to be. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is just a, it's such an incredible fertile ground for learning. And be with a lot of love mm. and respect and empathy and understanding and respecting. Um, a lot of people will think, oh, well, there is no limits. There is no rules. There is no, actually, there is more rules <laughs> than there is in the outside world. <laughs> Because we have, we make the rules together. We talk about it, for example, Lily has a really big limit for me every day. And it's, we do a little song when we have our reunion in the morning, which we call morning meeting, and people are allowed to come or not come. Uh, it's their choice. And it's uh, when we get together to talk about how our day is going to be. And it's not only my day as a teacher, it's the day of the kids. So the kids will say, I want to do this plan, I want to do that plan. And for me is to listen and figure out how to support that plan throughout the day because they are making their day. It's not me telling them what I'm going to do. Um, teachers bring plans too. I'll bring my plan and I'll say, today I want to do this. And if you want to do it, you're invited to do it. So that's our little reunion in the morning where we get to talk about any problems that we have so we can release and be okay in school. Uh, any sharings that we want to talk about that we're excited about or we're not. And any plans that we're really excited to do that day. Uh, and within that, I have a little song that it's, um, I sing it and I say, each person's name. Um, Lily doesn't like that. So as soon as morning meeting starts, she walks to me and says, I want to talk to you. And she puts her finger and says, I don't want the welcome song today. Do not sing the welcome song to me. And I acknowledge that. I hear that, Lily. I will not sing the welcome song to you. And that's it. Then she walks back and she trusts. It's just so magical because she knows that what the teacher is saying, it will be truth. And she can hold me accountable for that. Um, and anybody in the group. Right. She, she has the, uh, the freedom to ask for what she wants and it's honored. Yes. And my goodness, if we all had that opportunity and response in this world, I think we'd be in better, better shape. Totally. My day, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us and speaking, kid. Uh, my day, you're, you're a coach as well. So if, yes. if parents want to reach out to you, if, they, if you like what you hear today and you go, my gosh, I'd, I'd like to experience that more, you can reach out to my day directly. There's also Play Mountain Place. Um, just go to the website and you'll be able to get my day's information. And I just thank you so much for taking care of Lily with such love and the way Aww. you do. And I'm going to say equally important, teaching Laura and I how to be better parents. Oh, you're so welcome. And if this helps the world to make our kids in a much better way, 
to to see them grow in a way that they're amazing for humanity. That's what I want. That's what I'm here for because I really believe that our kids and our world can change by starting at a younger age, teaching them how to have all those tools that they need to navigate the world with respect and love and understanding and empathy. Then my job is done. <laughs> well, I think the world is a better place. Yeah. Thank you and uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode today, you can find out more about me and the work I do along with my guests at nicksegel.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.